Hello, Husky Nation. Welcome to this week's episode of On Second Thought. I'm your host, Kayla Olin, here with Sports Illustrated's Husky Maven channel. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike Martin. We have a great topic to talk about, especially as we're kind of getting into that dead, the deadline period for recruits, starting to now look at a class of 2022. Mike also recently did a great article on a tight end and a quarterback you should go check out, which leads us to our discussion today. Is Washington smart for expanding the recruiting footprint? When Jimmy Lake took over for Chris Peterson, he said that there was a recipe that Chris Peterson had for success, and Jimmy Lake knew it. Lake called it the secret sauce. It's the key to the success that the Huskies enjoyed was putting in those NFL starters in those first rounds. There were seven of them. You have Danny Shelton, Marcus Peters, Shaq Thompson, Howie Kakaha, John Ross, Vita Vea, Kayla McGarry, and there's probably going to be more this season. So that is a great set of names there. Kayla, and the, that's just the first round. The Huskies also generated seven second-round draft picks with Kevin King, Sidney Jones, Buda Baker, Dante Pettis, Byron Murphy, Drew Sample, and Taylor Rapp. All great names and some that are kind of becoming big names in the NFL as well. Everybody signs three-star kids, but Washington, the Huskies are developing talent, a slew of unrecognized kids, kind of like Ben Burkirvan, Greg Gaines, and Will Disley, all into draft picks. Yeah, and the thing is, Kayla, it prompted one of the NFL analysts, and I hope by the time this goes out that we're able to dig up the clip of one of the NFL analysts saying – uh, is is every Washington defensive back going to be drafted? Because that clip is money. Peters, King, Baker, Jones, Murphy, Rapp, Miller, they were all drafted between 2017 and 2020. Then you throw in Elijah Molden, Keith Taylor this year. And in fact, if you go back to th- 2014, the Huskies have had six defensive backs drafted in the first or second rounds. Utah has had four. The rest of the conference has had five combined. Like you mentioned, you go back those 15 years from about 2000 until Jimmy Lick took over in 2014 and just five UW defensive backs were taken in that draft over those 15 years. Now, Jimmy Lake has a DB recipe that he knows so well how to develop talent for the NFL. Think about this since he came when we were talking about the Huskies have had nine of their 27 players drafted out of Washington. Those were all three stars are or lower. And we have a great clip here that we're inserting too, just to kind of show you across the board with the Pac-12. And Kayla, let's not forget about uh, the year uh, 2021 draft where Levi and Joe Tryon are projected as first rounders along with the guys we were talking about, second-rounders of Elijah Molden and Keith Taylor. And I know it doesn't look like it, but I am old enough to remember that there has always been at the end of the season that question, just how are they going to replace an entire front seven? Or how are they going to replace those three-fifths of the defensive backs? That was a question I sure asked when we lost Kevin King, Buda Baker, and Sidney Jones, but yet... They did, and it was shocking to some people, especially through all that player development and better recruiting, that the Huskies not only then have done it, but they are consistently reloading and doing it all over again. Yeah, they're consistently in reload mode. It's not like, where are they going to find them? They have been developing them from the day they stepped onto the campus. 
They have rotated guys in. They're doing all the things that the NFL wants to see where they, they have live snaps. You can see their growth from very early on. And that's the consistency that has helped to produce three top 25 finishes in the past five years, which is most in the Pac-12. I think probably one of the best parts about it is that all of this that you have mentioned, that I have mentioned, has been done with exactly zero top 50 players. As West Coast College Football pointed out in this tweet, development matters. People question it, but it shows right here. It kind of does. And that's a, what's astounding about that is 32 top 50 players by USC and zero by UW. While the Huskies have had no players ranked in uh, the top 50, the USC has, uh, had, well, the Huskies have produced 12 top 50 NFL draft picks, while USC has produced just eight. Jimmy Lake, we have talked about all of this development, but he's kind of now sitting on a gold mine. He has a lot of lower talented or rated players, as you want to call them, with those lower stars. But he also now has a big handful of five-star kids to add into the mix as well. That's dangerous. He has the opportunity to leverage that and his national kind of title, his name, his reputation, all on a big scale. And it appears that he's going to be doing so. Yes, but the, the important thing is, is that he's not flooding the market with offers like some other schools. I, yeah, you get an offer. You get an offer. Everybody gets an offer. I think we all know who we're talking about, especially in the Pac-12 with that one, though. Exactly. But Lake has to keep recruiting manageable so that the message is genuine and it's not watered down. And, and it's the, the personal touch that I think that that the, that has brought the Huskies so close on the field and in the locker room, and that really produces results. That's another part of this recipe that Jimmy Lake has, and something that we really shouldn't forget about is that he's doing his due diligence, and Washington is doing its due diligence in building those relationships with those players. It's kind of like when you're baking; you can have all these components, but if you leave out, leave out one thing like salt or flour or sugar, you're not going to get that end result on what's supposed to happen. That, that, that is so true. And hey, I've spoken with a lot of Washington targets and they all say that they're in constant contact with the Husky coaches, that the players have a genuine relationship with the Husky coaches. Guys like Tobias Merriweather, who's a big target, a big receiver. He says that he speaks with Junior Adams a couple times a week and Gavin Sawchuck out there, Valor Christian in Colorado. He says that he co talks with Coach Bonifa, but they don't talk about football. They talk about life. They talk about being built for life and what it is to be a Husky. And that's really, I think, where the Huskies really, I think they're doing a great job of reeling in some of these bigger targets now. You have done so many great interviews with a lot of these recruits or up-and-coming kids and even commits. And two of them, I think one of them that stands out a lot is the one that you did where he went into Jimmy Lake's office and he goes, he was offered that scholarship and he kind of just started crying and tearing up and his mom did and Jimmy Lake did. It's really a family. And that was one of them. But another one I remember you doing was that coach um, down in St. John Bosco in California. And he talked about that mutual trust, respect that he had for Chris Peterson. 
And I would assume that that now extends over to Jimmy Lake because as he did help bring in and develop his kids. So there's a little bit of that give and take and kind of exchange when Jimmy Lake took the roles of Chris Peterson. And you actually bring up a really good point because the Huskies have three kids from that school on the roster, Sean McGrew, Terrell Bynum, and Trent McDuffie. And the level of trust between uh, Coach Negro and Lake, between Lake and the coaches at Liberty Las Vegas that had Troy Fatuanu and now the three Liberty commits, Jeremy Bernard, Anthony Jones, and Sir Mels, and other places like that, those relationships take time to build uh, that trust with the head coaches. And the payoff might be a couple of years down the road. Not only that, especially talking with those kids, you can tell that they're also kind of picking their next home, which they did with you, Dub. Based on how they answer questions, how they view, how they like to be treated like a normal person, like a lot of us do. And so St. John Bosco will now have those seven or eight power five kids on their team at any given time, which makes that a truly valuable pipeline that Washington, Jimmy Lake, kind of want to keep intact right and, and now look at the what the huskies are doing with another kid from valor christian that we talked about earlier right that is roger rosengarden's school that's where roger rosengarden was the blocker for gavin sawchuk for a state championship um you, you look at valor christian you look at liberty you look at uh st john bosco those are three schools that are important pipelines and given like you said there are multiple power five kids on the roster at any given time. But not only that, we could really look at questions kind of like how the Huskies, are they going to run the risk of stretching the staff a little too thin when expanding their reach? Does a national reputation matter when it puts its pipelines at risk? And would dominating the national recruiting footprint almost be wiser? Man, I, I took a big, deep breath when you say when it puts those pipelines at risk, because that is something that is so valuable is maintaining those pipelines. And when you have a school like Eastside Catholic springing a leak, you, you want to be able to keep those guys like JTT and, and G Scott and, and guys down at Kennedy Catholic. Those are valuable pipelines, but look at the dividends that Troy Fatuanu getting an offer in person produced is building those pipelines that now include uh jeremy bernard sir Mel's, anthony jones it's it's something that you you can't let somebody like coach sark let him get his little hooks in those schools because he's going to do the hard sell uh you have to do whatever you can to maintain those pipelines that's exactly what I was trying to kind of touch on was that Eastside Catholic situation, you know, right now. And Steve Sarkeesian taking Coach K and also taking an assistant special teams coach along with them down to Texas. So not only is it kind of protecting those pipelines there, but you also kind of want to keep, keep your coaching staff who's bringing in these kids intact as well. But that personal touch is so important to the pipeline. Yeah, and the Huskies are now talking with a QB in Ohio a tight end in Missouri, a linebacker uh, in, in uh, Nebraska, kids in Florida, to fly out and visit these kids, is it taking away quality time 
from the St. John Boscos, the Eastside Catholics, the Kennedy Catholics, the Valor Christians, the East High in Salt Lake City that's, that's given the Huskies uh, so many uh, good defensive linemen. And, um, and I'm trying to think of some of the others. But uh, Jordan Lolahay, excuse me for mispronouncing. Um, and, and I'm trying to think of so many uh, other good guys. But, you know, and, and now, you know, there are multiple players from those schools on Husky rosters. There is so much other talent in other areas around the country, kind of like you mentioned, state of Ohio. They are constantly churning out talent. Pennsylvania is even one of them. The Southeast, Miami, Florida, the entire state of Florida, really. You got some great kids coming out of there. And those SEC, ACC schools are hitting heavy there. What's Washington going to do? And the Huskies, they have gone into Florida and pulled out guys like Rich Alexis, who you probably don't remember, uh, Charles Frederick. uh, Might be a little too young for that one. John Anderson. Uh, they all came out of North Miami, and Jimmy Lake is in prime position to leverage that player development on a national scale, like you said. Does it water down the message of how committed they are to Valor Christian, to Liberty, and Kennedy Catholic? That's the only thing I'm really saying. Completely. And is it a good thing, though? You have seen USC win national titles, kind of just staying a little bit on that West Coast, reaching a little bit. But that brings up a great point is how important is that? And the presumption is that the Huskies would be able to do a lot better with higher rated players than what they've done, what they've brought in, than with those lower players producing a better result. That development kind of like championship titles, which is really the, the ceiling. It's where the Washington Huskies should always aim. And as fans, it's kind of our expectation as well. So Husky fans, what do you think? Do you think that Washington would be smart to dominate the West by taking the show on the road? Go ahead and let us know in the comments. Also, don't forget to check out all those great articles and how Mike mentioned that quarterback from Ohio and that tight end from the Midwest, Southeast. Go ahead and check all that out at Sports Illustrated's website, si.com slash college slash Washington. Until next time, I'm Kale Olin. He's Mike Martin. Go dogs. Go dogs.